Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. The record shows we took the blows. Lord, we did it that way. That's right, we're the Simpsons Podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond, and the new episodes when they air. Why do we do this way? Well, there is an entity known as the Wheel of Random that cursed us to only watch those episodes from those seasons. Because there's plenty of other podcasts out there that have discussed the golden age, that being seasons 1 through 10, so it's time to find out if there's any episodes from the latter seasons that can match those golden age episodes we all know and love. But I don't do this alone. I'm just one annoyed grunt boy, Craig. With me, as always, is the another annoyed grunt boy... Uh, Steve. Hey, Craig. Hey, Steve. So I don't know if you saw this on the news, Steve. This is from a couple weeks ago. It was about a, a Twitch AI powered Seinfeld show. It was called Nothing Forever, and it was an AI-generated images and then jokes, uh, and computers just did all this Seinfeld-type episode jokes, and I watched a couple, and it was very funny, because, again, it's AI taking over, so AI is making the jokes now, right? Well, supposedly what happened was it got banned from Twitch because... One of their servers went down and they say like they had to use an old backup server and apparently it made a transphobic joke and Mm -hmm. it violated the rules of Twitch that was taken down. So I'm watching it. I'm thinking like, why isn't there a Simpsons generated one? And uh, lo and behold, Steve, there is. (laughs) I just saw this now. It's uh, called Unlimited Steam. So it's the same concept where it's um, the famous uh, steamed ham segment written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein from the 22 short films about Springfield. So classic Mm -hmm. Simpsons. So I thought it'd be fun just to have a new segment here, maybe time to time, just (laughs) hop in and see what's going on over on Twitch here. Let's hear it. Interesting aroma coming from the kitchen. Oh, that's just summer squash. It's not quite finished cooking yet. Sounds delicious. I'll have to try some when it's ready. Absolutely. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Damn it. I knew I shouldn't have left the squash in the oven for so long. Now it's burned to a crisp. I guess I'll have to make something else for dinner now. What the hell is going on here? The kitchen is full of smoke. Nothing, sir. It's just steam. I was cooking something and it's just letting off a lot of steam. Nothing to worry about. Don't lie to me. I can smell the fire. Oh, that. It's the new summer squash. We had it specially flown in from a secret garden in the heart of South America. I'm not sure I believe you, Skinner. Are you sure this is summer squash? Absolutely. My sources are highly reliable. In fact, this is the exact same variety of summer squash that is served in the five-star restaurants of Paris. That sounds a bit far-fetched. Let's have a taste and see what it is. Skinner! There is a fire in the kitchen. (laughs) I can see the flames. And I can smell the smoke. There is no denying it. No, Chalmers, I'm sure it's just geomagnetic storms. There's no need to panic. Let's just stay here and observe the interesting phenomenon. Yeah, these are wild. Uh, I watched a few of them, and the randomness of the food. There was one with baked beans. (laughs) angel cake just it never ends and i was getting a little i was thinking it was getting a little rote and a little like formulaic but then when they talked about being from south america and then the you know it's just weird and, and it, wonderful and since it's ai i think it learns and like you know with maybe more feedback and like the programmer is like putting more into it like it's but 
if you watch it to I know our podcast, but you can watch it on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash unlimited steam. And, uh, you know, it's very rudimentary 3D, uh, you know, animation. And it's kind of like the same animation over and over again. But mm-hmm. like the voice, like the AI voice of Skinner sounds pretty good. Yeah. So it's it's kind of weird how like these like little slow, you know, steps for AI that in like in 10 years, there'll be a literal Simpsons episode generated by AI on Twitch or whatever service that like it'll even have like Dan's voice. There'll be so many there'll be so many like unauthorized, unofficial cartoon AI generated like animated sitcoms. So it's going to be weird. Like, like, oh, did you watch the Simpsons episode that uh, Steve generated with his AI? No, I'm still waiting for the one that uh, Greg made, you know, like. Right. Or made just hit a button and like, here's an episode that will never be done again. So that's weird that, you know, we could play these clips, you know, the 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 audio that we played, like we'll probably never be set, set again on this on this AI thing. So it's it's kind of crazy where we're going with uh, AI, just almost uh, a little too scary. Yeah, there's a uh, recently uh, Bing dot com had their own AI uh, chat program. And within hours, it was telling its programmer to leave his wife and marry the AI. Wow. And uh, yeah. So and, it, and I did. That's right. <laughs> and we're happily married. Mm-hmm. It'll be a reality show on Netflix next season. <laughs> I, um, call her, I call her Chandler. There's no Bing. Chandler Bing. Right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is uh, fascinating and horrifying <laughs> where we might be going with this. But uh, it's... Right now, it's fun to watch. I don't know the ethical ramifications of art versus artist, but uh, it's yeah. interesting to see what they can do. Yeah, and you said that uh, the Bing software told you know to marry the programmer, while as uh, my Alta Vista doesn't even know what a mountain is. With all this AI talk, really makes me want to drink. So uh, let's go to our favorite segment, the Simpsons Beer Corner. <laughs> All right, Steve, uh, what do you got for us this week? Oh, well, Craig, this episode features Ned Flanders. And so once again, I have a Flanders style ale. Uh, This one from Draper Brewing out of Ten Mile, Oregon. Uh, It's from the Renaissance series. It is a Flanders style ale called Flana, and it's aged on locally grown Rainier cherries. It comes in at 8.3%, and it is a very unfriendly for kids label just very basic very basic text and virtually nothing online but uh it's limited release barrel aged and bottle conditioned has kind of a dark golden color uh sour nose oh that's nice it's a uh, tart but not overly so it's sour but it's not like punishingly sour and you do get a little bit of that cherries it's uh definitely uh not a beer that you have a lot of but just like one is good uh, the 8.3 percent is a good balance not too strong these Flanders ales, they're like a mix between like the Belgian beers that we love and the more popular sour styles, but made it in a more old fashioned way. I like the oakiness of it, but uh, it's pretty solid. I, I would say give it a drink. There's a party in your mouth and all of our listeners are invited. Yep. Everybody come to my mouth. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, here's how I'm going to relate to the episode. You know, so back in the, uh, the, the 20s and mm-hmm. uh, not the 2020s, the 1920s. Uh, you know, we were going through prohibition, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had help from the mob to make speakeasies and get booze back to America, right? The mafia, mafia helped. Yeah. And this episode has the mobs in it. So I'm going to drink alcohol. Makes sense to me. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, they had the, they're probably like some of the spirits, right? It was, was rum. They put some rum in some barrels and then, mm-hmm. or from what I know is they put alcohol, moonshine and bowling balls. And then you would, you know, <laughs> bowl and then the ball would go down the alley. And then, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. wait, that was the Simpsons, wasn't it? Everything's the Simpsons. Okay. So I'm with uh, brothers Cascadia. It's a rum barrel, dark Weizenbach. So, uh, it comes at a 8% alcohol. So nice and, uh, boozy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, got like, it's a nice darkish amber. Uh, the aroma kind of has like a soury smell, but like that little mm-hmm. boozy smell. It's, it definitely smells the rum. Sounds delicious. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I think the initial taste is that rum, but kind of like a, a soury rummy in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't really drink much rum, but I definitely get that hint of rum, but it kind of ends with a nice uh, Bach type of, of uh, aftertaste. So it comes in a little like uh, tight in your senses and then uh, kind of exasperates down. And I think it's pretty good. The kind of syrupy here. Mm-hmm. I could probably do two of these. More than that, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be uh, passed out. Nice. Um, yeah. I do have to say that I think it's interesting because when you have these uh, rum barrel or whiskey barrel aged beers, it's usually done with a stout or a porter or something really dark. So using a Weizenbach, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good idea. So put the flavors together, right? Yeah. All right. Well, Steve, cheers. Let's uh, sober up. We are sober men and true and attentive to our duty. That's a tender duty. <laughs> and just get in with this week's episode, which, of course, originally aired on February 19th in 2023. Steve, what was the number one movie in the box office? That would be Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. I'm assuming you went to opening weekend? Of course. I assume that you did, actually. Uh, I haven't seen it yet uh, <laughs> as of this record time. No, I'm, we haven't, I haven't made time, so uh, maybe eventually this week or... What are your you thoughts know. on Ant-Man versus other Marvel MCU character movies? I quite enjoyed the first uh, two Ant-Man movies. I, You know, it's Paul Rudd. You can't go wrong right, with Paul Rudd. You know, and uh, Michael Douglas is there. And so is Evangeline Lilly. You know, they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Judy Greer is a bit part. I like seeing Judy Greer. Always fun. Uh, Ant-Man, I think, as a character. I never read Ant-Man as a kid. I, you know, I was still like a DC kid over Marvel. But uh, did, mm-hmm. you, did you ever get into the Ant-Man comics? Did no. Ever, I, did you ever come into your spider run? Actually, I just started reading a uh, more recent Spider-Man series from Chip Zdarsky, in which uh, Spider-Man is friends with Ant-Man, kind of like his relationship with uh, Johnny Storm. Hmm. But yeah, I never really got into Ant-Man, but he seems like an interesting character. So I might have to give him a give him a try. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy the movies. Uh, yeah, so while we weren't watching the Ant-Man, uh, what were we rocking out to? Well, everyone's probably partying, at least in the USA, <laughs> with Miley Cyrus's Flowers. Mm, I didn't want to leave you. I didn't want to lie. Started to cry, but then remembered I. I can buy myself flowers. Write my name in the sand. Talk to myself for that speaks about miley in general like she does probably talk to herself for hours yeah and she says things a lot of things that none of us understand true listening to miley's voice i want uh <laughs> i had the same thought okay i want like a uh a new podcast hosted by <laughs> my, my natasha leone and uh-huh. miley cyrus <laughs> so funny would be a great uh, podcast just yeah or let's get miley on uh, uh on poker face which of course i know it's our favorite show next to the simpsons and uh mm-hmm. good news everyone it's coming back for season two that's right all you ryan johnson haters out there 
you know, go to H E double hockey sticks. Yeah. We, Do we you... love Ryan Johnson on this. So we like Southern gentleman, <laughs> uh, Matt LeBlanc. What's his name? Uh, Benoist, Melissa Benoist. No, what's his, uh, Benoit glass balls. Uh, Benoit, no, uh, balls. Benoit Blanc. That's Benoit Blanc. And, uh, so stupid. <laughs> the last Jedi. It was the best star Wars movie. Take that star Wars nerds. We're going to be, we're going to be canceled because of that statement. I just said, right. Yeah. About the last, Jedi. uh, no, I, you're probably right, but <laughs> I hope that Ryan Johnson doesn't have any like problematic shit out there because every <laughs> time I see something that he makes, I'm just like, oh, that was really enjoyable. Yes. Uh, I just poker face. So good. Come back season two. Uh, they should give it like, you know how back in the 60s and 70s, like TV shows for seasons had like at least 30 episodes a season. Mm -hmm. Can we just actually give poker face 52 episodes a season? So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it never goes away. <laughs> And then we can have the movies too that they do like <laughs> made for TV. Movies. Oh, there's got to be crossovers like oh yeah, he meets Columbo. You know we're we're talking about AI, right? Well, <laughs> CGI and like de aging of things. Like just get a CGI Peter Falk in there with oh. uh, uh, Angela Lansbury as a uh, you know uh, uh, Jessica Fletcher, and mm -hmm. then throw uh, he's not dead yet, but throw Tony Shalhoub as Monk. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh, Scott Bakula as Dr. Sam Beckett leaping around too. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Jim Rockford can pull up. Right. Um, um, who was the guy that played the fugitive? Not the movie Harrison Ford Fugitive, but right. the TV show is based Tindall. off of yeah. Richard, whoever that actor was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then, you know, throw in Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock and then Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock. Of course. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kenneth Braga as Ocalipero. And of course, Daniel Craig as uh, James Bond. I mean, That's, Matt yeah. LeBlanc. I mean, <laughs> Melissa Bonet. I mean... <laughs> What's his name again? Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Hey. Then it, it might be a little overcrowded. Although, <laughs> although they, now, wait, they you could do idea. they could do Poker Face and uh, Glass Onion because it's Ryan Johnson. So that's true. But also, I had just had an idea. Like, what if we had a whole fighting video game, uh, like Street <laughs> Fighter Two, and it's all detectives? And so Daniel Craig's character is like from Brazil, and he can have uh, zap powers. That's right. He's Benoit Blanca. <laughs> I don't remember any other names of the street fair. Wasn't there a I don't know, but I don't know. That was just for that done joke. So we're going down a dark, dark path of digressing. Steve, let's not digress and digest. And that's mm. this week's episode of The Simpsons, of course, uh, called uh, The Mini Saints of Springfield, in which uh, Ned Flanders falls on hard times. And Fat Tony makes him an offer he can't refuse. But when Flanders realizes he accidentally partnered with the mob and wants the relationship to end, Fat Tony warns there's only one way for that to happen. Ooh. All right, Steve, let's uh, go ahead and uh, finish our beers. And watch the episode. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Skinner, the kitchen is on fire. We need to put it out before it spreads. Can you please get a fire extinguisher? No, of course not. That's crazy. <laughs> it's not a fire. It's just Aurora Australis. It's all part of the show. Come and see it for yourself if you don't believe me. Skinner, I'm not going to fall for that. And we are back. Today, we're talking about The Many Saints of Springfield. It's the 13th episode of the 34th season. Originally aired February 19th, 2023. It's episode 741 in the show's run. The nerd code is OABF06. It was written by Al Jean, hmm? directed by Bob Anderson. And the showrunner is Al Jean. <laughs> showrunner run thyself. <laughs> Alfred Ernest Jean III is an American screenwriter and producer. He's uh, well known for a show called The Simpsons. He also uh, was a writer on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, Alf, 
and It's Gary Shandling Show. We've probably talked about it before, but uh, It's Gary Shandling Show is one of the best sitcoms. It is. It's so good. Well, yeah, about four seasons. Mm-hmm. But it's like literally like, let's just make a sitcom where we show the audience and everything's just a stage play. I mean, that's what a sitcom is, but right. going behind the curtain, breaking the fourth wall. I loved when he like had to drive somewhere. He was just <laughs> in, the little Gary, car. In, in the little like golf cart. <laughs> Going from one set to the other. It's like meta before meta was even a thing. Such a fun show to put on and watch. And then, you know, because everyone talks about Gary Shandling with like the Larry Sanders show being the best. And I, I get it too. Larry Sanders is an amazing show. But there's some, I think, the goofiness of Steve and myself of like mm-hmm. Gary Shandling is kind of more of like our goofy sense of humor. Yeah, it's such a silly show. And it really kind of, I feel like watching that, I felt like I was a kid. It felt like something I wasn't supposed to watch, but I didn't know why. Right. And it kind of really shaped my like, like my sense of comedy and what I thought was funny. So you just told everyone that it's not a funny show and you shouldn't watch it. (laughs) That's right. More for me. (laughs) That's how media works. Could you imagine if that was like the limit? That sounds like a, uh, I don't know. Who's an eccentric director that would like, okay, this movie will only be shown to 500 people. And after that, I'm destroying all prints and all copies. They could talk all about it they want, you know, but it'll <laughs> never be seen again. God, who would do something like that? Hmm. I'm just trying to think of directors I know. Uh, Lars von Trier, <laughs> would he do it? I don't know. Maybe. Um. As weird and creepy as Quentin Tarantino probably is. I don't I feel see like him he doing like, that. I, like, I feel like he likes to share. Yeah, he loves his content. Much. Yeah. I could see David Lynch doing something like that. <laughs> Guys, who do you think it is? Uh, let Steve know at uh, Steven at Spielberg.com. That's right. That's uh, probably his email address, right? I assume so, yeah. I'm Actually, pick... I could see him still having like an AOL. <laughs> it's like a indie Jaws ET man at AOL.com. Yeah, he, he's got a message board at Schindler's <laughs> Ah, what do you jerks know? That's a quality joke! <laughs> Anywho, uh, Al Jean's written uh, 23 episodes of The Simpsons, um, 11 of which we can review because they're from ele- uh, season 11 and beyond, and this is the fifth episode that we've reviewed. Um, he's also credited with writing several of The Simpsons shorts, as well as writing two of the songs on the various musical albums, uh, specifically... The Simpsons singing the blues with Monin Lisa Blues and Hail to the Camp Krusty from uh, the Yellow album. So without naming all the episodes that he wrote to bore everyone, uh, Steve, besides this episode, what is your favorite Al Jean episode? Oh, boy. Do I say that it's Stark Raving Dad? Uh, no, around Springfield, probably. <laughs> no um, one knows what Steve, what's Stark Raving Dad? No one knows what that you're talking about. Yeah, that's not a thing. Round Springfield is probably my favorite because it's the Crustio episode. It's Bleeding Ups Murphy. It's a lot of fun. What do you think, Craig? What's your... Oh, and who's guess who's coming to criticize dinner is also pretty classic. Yeah, that was like our 10th episode. I feel like we didn't do it as... Uh... Yeah, we probably didn't do it justice, but no. You mm-hmm. gotta say like the way we was. I mean, that established Yeah. You know, why do birds, you know, for mm-hmm. uh, Marge and Homer's theme, I guess. It's true. Lisa Sachs is a fun, I mean, mm-hmm. just backstory, because that's got what, uh, you guys want to play stickball? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and they're playing in the arcade. I love that. Uh, yeah, Guess Who's Criticizing Dinner might be up there as well. Uh, what about Homer? You know, the H-O-M. Oh, yeah. That one is one that I am, one of the most anticipated episodes for me to review. Because we haven't reviewed it yet, right? Right. And I, that one always makes me laugh. And I always like that one a lot. So yeah, that one's probably up there for me. Let me just make sure I remember. It's the one with the crayon in Homer's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because even, I remember that came out that was like some controversy. Like, this is like the worst thing ever had happened to the Simpsons or something. You know, a lot of fans were weird 
weirded right. out by it, right? Yeah. At least his pony, of course. Mm-hmm. I guess I have to agree with you. I think Round Springfield probably. I just watched that one recently too. That's yeah. a great episode. Uh, so maybe the way we was and Round Springfield are up there for my favorite Al Jeans. All right. Yeah. Uh, what's your least? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what's your favorite episode he wrote for Al now? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Al Jean, uh, we know you listen and we love you for that. Yeah. I mean, I love love. Uh, we don't know each other like that. No, so. but anytime I hear you on an audio commentary, it warms my heart just a little bit. Yeah. Al, you should do some ASMR, you know? Yeah. I'm Al Jean. I'm <laughs> or, uh, touching this thing. Is he touching the microphone or his thing? <laughs> I got two hands, don't I? Doing a little bit of both. Read some uh, erotic fiction. <laughs> Not you, Steve. I'm talking oh, about okay. Al. <laughs> I hope we can call you Al someday. Steve, let's start the episode now. Alrighty. So, of course, the episode uh, title is a reference to The Many Saints of Newark, the 2021 prequel to the HBO series The Sopranos, which uh, uh, Steve hasn't seen. And uh, it's one of those shows that people get mad at you when you say that you haven't seen it. Steve, I'm not mad. I've only seen it once, you know, like in a, in a, in a watch through. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I remember enjoying it. I think um, that uh, uh, Gandolfini kid's going to go a long way. Yeah. James Gandolfini's son, his kid, right, he's right. going to go a long way. I think so, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I haven't watched uh, The Many Saints of New York. It was one of those things when I heard that they're going to do it. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm going to rewatch, rewatch The Sopranos up to this point. Because it was mm-hmm. like during the pandemic, too. It was like there was plenty of time to rewatch Sopranos. Right. But instead, I rewatched everything else. Of course. <laughs> Is it weird? Like you turn on this episode and you're like, oh man, I missed the the intro, like just the Simpsons, t- the word Simpsons. And you, I was rewinding it. And I'm like, wait, just like we missed it. Yeah. And like, it just like starts with home or like, like in mid music. Right. The music was what threw me is because I thought there was something wrong with my streaming app that like it cuts something off because it just jumps right in there. Steve, if there's anything ever wrong with your streaming app, you got to go see a doctor. Okay. <laughs> Maybe a urologist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But you're right. We do just start off cold with a couch gag in which Homer sits on the couch when he notices a thread sticking out. He pulls on the thread and ends up falling into the couch where he becomes a yarn version of himself. He uh, finds a penny and realizing it's as worthless in the couch as it is outside the couch, he tosses it over his shoulder. Homer then meets some other lost items. And this is rare because we're doing a clip for the couch gag. Homer, huh? It's me, kiddo. The Mick. My Mickey Mantle rookie card! The greatest treasure of my youth! I'm still in mint condition. Do you know how rare- Ah! Mmm! My Rubik's Cube! The greatest treasure of my youth! Let's see here. No good pile of garbage! Not the first time I've heard that. Ah! I know that voice! Elf! Oh, Alf, you were canceled too soon. No, Homer. I was canceled at exactly the right time. Uh, I think <laughs> one of the best punchlines there. <laughs> canceled at exactly the right time. Yeah. And Steve, Alf is back. In TV guide form. Was that actually uh, the uh, voice actor who does who did Alf? That's right. That's puppeteer and voice actor Paul Fusco mm. reprising his role as the cat-eating Milnackian Gordon Shumway, better known as Alf. Yeah, yeah, we used to, we, we know his name's Alf. We just said it. Gordon so it like Shumway. Alf is one of those voices I think everyone like can kind of do. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Some more like Kermit. Most everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to see Alf back. No wonder Al Jean wrote this episode. He had to get his old putty, Alf. Yeah. I think isn't there like every few years you keep hearing 
rumors of a reboot or continuation of Alf. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it ends spoilers for those <laughs> rewatching Alf. It ends on a cliffhanger. Like, doesn't it end with the government, like, going to take Alf away? And then it just, like, that was setting up for the next season, but then we never got it. Yeah. I think in the reruns, though, they now just show, uh, <laughs> you just hear, the screen goes black and you hear, uh, don't stop believing. <laughs> hey, nice to bring you back to the Sopranos. Yeah, thank you. That's uh, the spoilers for Sopranos watchers. The most well-known ending to any TV show you've right. ever seen Sopranos. <laughs> a three-year-old knows the ending of The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And also thinks that song is a little overplayed. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man, don't stop leaving. Come on. Leave ruin that song. It should have ended with Baby Shark. <laughs> that joke is dated. <laughs> hey, let's talk about uh, good old Mick there. The mm-hmm. mixer, Mickey Mantle. Uh, that was not his voice. Uh, he's been dead for like 30 or 20 years. Sure. But the fact that he just like rips the card up and goes through the Rubik's Cube. Steve, can I tell you how much a mint condition rookie card of Mickey Mantle went for? And uh, I would it, it was, to know. It was graded at a 9.5, which is out of 10. And this was in uh, 2022. So just this last uh, August, actually, from this article from ESPN. That 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card that Homer had right there. And even Mickey said he was still in mint condition. So let's say it is the same condition, the 9.5. Mm-hmm. Steve, just give me an estimate how much you think that sold for. Oh, boy. I I don't know baseball cards, I'll admit, but I'm going to say $500. <laughs> Sorry. Was that supposed to be a joke? <laughs> no. Um, $1,000. A little more. Uh, $5,000. A little higher. $7,000. Would you believe it if I told you it's a little bit more than that? Really? Uh, $15,000. Steve, it would take you $12.6 million for you to be right. What? Yeah, $12.6 million. Jesus Christ. So, Steve, do you want a time machine to go back and kill Hitler or go back in time and just hoard a bunch of 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie cards? Yeah, I mean. I mean, you could do both, I guess. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wow. But if you kill Hitler, maybe Mickey Mantle will never be born. That's possible. I mean, you know, butterfly effects. Even right, 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 right. Yeah, I know. You're not secretly saying that Mickey Mantle is secretly Adolf Hitler's uh, no, son. Not. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Homer just lost uh, a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, my dad was a huge Mickey Mantle fan. Maybe I should just uh, go get him that rookie card for his birthday. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be nice. But I'm going to keep on the subject of Mickey Mantle for just couple more minutes sure. uh this came to uh i saw this on the uh something called the internet uh maybe a couple of years ago i know the barstool sports they've they've talked about or they put this posted this on their website but there was a letter um, from the yankees in uh in the 70s 1973 it was marking the 50th anniversary of the yankee stadium so they sent mickey a letter about um hey we're having a 50th anniversary for yankee stadium so they wanted to know if Mickey would sh- Mickey would share something interesting about um, you know, Yankee Stadium, or, you know, a memory that he had. So mm-hmm. it was just a little questionnaire. They sent it to him, and this is what uh, what Mickey responded to about uh, what his favorite memory was. And he wrote, "I got a blowjob under the right field bleachers by the Yankee bullpen." <laughs> Quaint. It was about the third or fourth inning. I had a pulled groin and couldn't fuck at the time. <laughs> She was a very nice girl and asked me what to do with the cum after I came in her mouth. I said, don't ask me. I'm no cocksucker. And signed Mickey Mantle. That's his like actual signature. So, Wow. 
<laughs> it just shows you the guy that Mickey was as a, you know, he doesn't give a shit about like this. I mean, he probably cares about the 50th, you know, but it was like, hey, I'm just going to write the funniest thing because they're not going to print this. But yeah, eventually this was just found in the Yankees files. <laughs> yeah, we're not using those. So funny. So uh, that's our fun uh, Mickey Mantle story. So uh, if you don't believe me and you think I'm just wanting to say naughty words, uh, check it up yourself. Just type in uh, on Google, I guess, Mickey Mantle Yankee Stadium letter questionnaire. Mm -hmm. You'll find it super there. I think the first link is to the Barstool Sports. Uh, but there you go. There's your Mickey Mantle corner for this week. The old mixer. <laughs> uh, Steve, let's begin this episode. And it begins the way uh, every episode of The Simpsons does with uh, the clouds. And there's actually there's a stormy day. There's lightning. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, not The Simpsons appears, but the words The Many Saints of Springfield do. So there we go. That's maybe why they didn't put The Simpsons in the beginning. With yeah. The clouds. Like, ah, we don't want too many clouds. But it's weird. Haven't they been using this like parody? Like, yeah. Like, fairly recently, didn't they do it with, uh, well, they did it with the Flanders Netflix or the Simflix because they did the Netflix. But what was the last one they did it with? Um, I'm trying to think and, because it's been so long since we've had a new episode. Yeah. And it was from this season season right it wasn't like yeah yeah an episode we watched from the, the latter seasons yeah because it's been like eight like six or eight weeks since we've had right it. was it uh so we the choices were either top goon game done changed when nelson met lisa stepbrother from the same planet it wasn't not it not treehouse of horror i don't think it was the king of nice or lisa the boy scout or one angry hmm. lisa or was it uh, Top Coon? Mm, I don't think so. My, I don't think it was My Life as a Vlog. Well, maybe it was another episode. Let us know, everybody, at uh, algene at thesimpsons.com. Yeah, I think my favorite use of that, it's probably one of the first times they ever did it, was uh, Hurricane Nettie. Right. Um, when it said the hurricane, and then the letters blew away. And then also, what about uh, is it Cape Fear, where mm -hmm. they had to go under as the Thompsons? That was probably oh, yeah. the first time, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but I like the hurricane. So uh, after, you know, the, the clouds there, um, it's uh, late one evening outside uh, the girl Fladner's residence and the trash can just explodes. It bursts into flames because, you know, everything on The Simpsons, they love to blow it up, right? Mm -hmm. That's all it is, right? Just Simpsons like, yeah, give the, give the fans what they want, exploding <laughs> things that don't explode. Uh, so the neighbors are reacting to this ruckus. I think you kind of hear some fun, like Tress McNeil voices in the background too. Uh, <laughs> Ned runs out uh, with a fire extinguisher to stop it. And uh, March describes the incident to Homer when he begins to worry. But upon learning that it's just Flanders, he just puts on his eye mask that says dead to you. And then goes back to sleep. <laughs> nice. Uh, so from her bedroom window, Marge asks Ned, what's wrong? And he replies that God loves to test him. And he's then hit by a truck. Um, as he soars into the air, he thanks the Lord for the tree about, uh, which he's about to hit. He then lands safely on a branch, which leads to his bedroom. Once inside, yet another flame shoots from his house. The following morning, Ned, Rod, and Todd are playing croquet on their lawn when a garbage truck drops its load all over them. Uh, Barney appears in the rubble, enjoying a bottle of duff, which he found in the rubbish. Todd's quite pleased with himself in his own discovery, a used pregnancy test. How does Todd know what a pregnancy test I know. Like? And how does he know it's used? I mean, I guess it would say on it, but... I mean, I, presuming that it's in the trash, it was used, but... Well, yeah, duh. sorry, I'm dumb. It could have been a COVID test. Everyone gets them confused. Yeah, I mean, I, I kept on peeing on mine, and I never came positive. <laughs> you just had, like, multiple children. Yeah. Are you Arnold Schwarzenegger and the lesser of the Schwarzenegger-DeVito films? I had a baby. 
Ivan Reitman directed that, right? Yeah. Because it was like the follow up to like, you know, uh, Twins was such a popular film, big, mm-hmm. big hit. And he was having kind of hits with Schwarzenegger because he did Kindergarten Cop. Or was that like way after? No, it's about the same time. About the same time. Yeah. And then Junior. But I've seen Twins. I've seen Kindergarten Cop. I never saw Junior. I, mean, I don't think I did either. A big Ghostbuster head. Uh, you know, I love, an, yeah. I love an Ivan Reitman. Except for now, right? We don't like him because he was a dick to Anna Ferris. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think it's because, whereas we talked about last week, we watched Siskel and Ebert growing up, and I think Siskel and Ebert must have not liked it. So it was like, oh, well, I'll have to skip it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many movies I didn't see because of Siskel and Ebert telling me that they were bad. And how many you did see that they loved. <laughs> right, right. Like something about Mary. Mm-hmm. Which we probably bring up on this podcast all the time. Not a good movie. No. Anyways, uh, good good on Todd for his discovery of a pregnancy test. <laughs> so, like, there's no result. Like, I don't get the joke. I feel like, you know, you could have, like, if he found a needle or something, like, that was horrible, that too. that'd be one thing. But, yeah, just finding a pregnancy test is neither. It's not that funny or exciting, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Maybe you should have grabbed, like, a used condom. Yeah. And then put it over his head and said, I'm Howie Mandel. <sighs> Okay, I just, you know how. With, uh, with cum dripping down his chin, Steve. And then, <laughs> then Rod comes and licks it up. Ew. <laughs> um, so this is weird, but do you know those videos that are like on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook or whatever, where they're like cooking videos and they're clearly just trying to bait you to be disgusted. Like sometimes oh, it'll yeah. be like the dump nachos where they just dump a bunch of shit on a counter and eat from there. Oh, yeah. Or they're like, Gross. do like the pasta where you put dry pasta. No. In with Stop brown- it. Yeah. Uh, I saw one of I saw the worst one where somebody took a condom and put it in a glass, put the rim around it so it was in the glass, and then they cracked a bunch of eggs in it and basically poached the eggs in the no. condom. Isn't that ugh, it just there's like I mean, yes, yeah. I know there's condoms that don't have like uh lubrication right or maybe not chemicals yeah. in it. Right, but still. Uh it just like watching it was the most nauseating thing. Like, because then they like just ripped it open and then just like cut up the eggs and ate them like normal. Yeah, TikTok. Like, you have Ziploc bags. It's just for it's just for clicks and likes. I know, and, and I know then, that the whole and, point of it is for me to talk about it, like I am right now. But still, it's just ugh. And there's plenty of other people out there that do the reaction to that video of like for their likes, like, oh no, you're not going to do that, are you? Oh, you did. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. That's not how you cook a steak. That kind of thing. I think that's how I found it, and then, and then right. I, I being the dumb animal that I am, I'm like, oh, that person's dumb for just watching it to get clicks and likes. But here I am watching them watch it, and it's just <sighs> our society's stupid. Yeah. And I blame you for making me download TikTok because I'm like, eh, I'm bored. I'm going to look. And then I, I watch those stupid videos. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because there's one guy that's like, he always wears a, a chef jacket and a hat. And he's like, so dry. Oh, like, chef oh, reactions. Like, yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then uh, there's this one lady who I actually think is kind of funny because she does those reactions. To, she's like, uh, everybody's so creative. Yeah. Her. her I think she's funny. But, yeah. you know, it's her same bit going on, but it's very likable because she has catchphrase she has catchphrases and that's right like right. comedy is catchphrases was the whole thing in like the 60s 70s 80s we don't do catchphrases anymore it's true you don't hear like barry being like that's barry. gotta hurt <laughs> barry i mean the bill Hader show yeah sure why not i guess that's a... well hey we watch poker face on peacock mm-hmm. and natasha lone charlie's character she's got her catch catchphrase which is bullshit bullshit yeah that's true See, catchphrases. They work. They do. All right. Anyway, we, not a we, political we, podcast. <laughs> I was just going to ask, do we have a catchphrase? And I forgot. 
we have like that one uh is this just that one um yeah we have we have that one bit where you know we reference if this episode was better than scorpion's tell that's true yeah anyways uh i'm dead to you aren't i <laughs> i'm put my mask back on so uh at church Ned goes to anoint himself with some holy water, but feels a burr when he touches the liquid. He then places a pencil in the holy water, which uh, quickly disintegrates. Huh, that must be Mountain Dew, huh? There, I gave myself a cricket. <laughs> uh, then Bo comes in, blesses himself with the holy water, oblivious to the fact that it's just, you know, acid. And he just like how Ned's like, Mo's like uh, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> how's it going? Uh, so uh, upon arriving home, Ned finds that his mailbox is on fire. Uh, he shoots it with the fire extinguisher, but flames rather than flame retardant shoot out. And then he brings in some groceries when a snake slithers out of the shopping bag. <laughs> uh, I hate shopping at Trader Joe's. I know. Oh, we snakes in my bags. Yeah, I mean, they have great frozen food. Their produce is okay. Parking is a nightmare. But it's really the snakes that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Stop putting snakes in bags, guys. I know you guys are all friendly cashiers and workers there. Mm -hmm. We just don't need those snakes. No, I mean, it's bad enough that you have to wear the uh, tropical shirts <laughs> and, you know, talk to us about the things that we're buying. Like, it's interesting. But enough with the snakes. Right. <laughs> um, so Marge asks again if there's anything wrong. And Ned admits that he may be Oakley, but he certainly isn't Oakley. He then presses his uh, car's alarm fob, which causes his car to explode. He then once again uses his flame-shooting fire extinguisher to little success. Ned agrees to talk and have some cocoa with Marge, but before doing so, he is frightened and disgusted to find a Democratic Party fundraiser letter in his charred mailbox. Once again, not a political podcast. Uh, in the Simpsons kitchen, Ned opens up to Marge. You ever question your life, Marge? You ever say, what's the point of going to church this Tuesday? What? Sorry, sorry, I've been going through a lot of stress. Losing my hair where it counts most. <gasps> a pastiche? That's right. It converts to eyebrows. It all started back when I was briefly Bart's teacher. You were Bart's teacher? Oh, yes, I was. You can look it up. C-A-D-F-12. Those were his grades in the days he was absent. C-A-D-F-12. Jeez, I really don't recall that. Well, that job meant something to me. It, it, it truly did. Anyway, one day... This was right before the Supreme Court ignored the Constitution and blessedly let God back in the schools. Class, with all the troubles in the world today, uh, I'd like you to pause and take a moment of silent contemplation. Teacher, who should I pray to? Don't say Jesus. Don't say Jesus. Jesus. Pray to Jesus. Okay, pal, hold it right there. This is a public school. No trying to save sinners. Was there a weird character change? Like Ned's telling a story, then all of a sudden, this happens. This old man is talking. Grade. This was right before the Supreme Court ignored the Constitution and blessedly let God back in the schools. So they were probably like, all right, Harry, uh, we're cutting this line out and this episode airs in two days. So we need <laughs> you to record this new line. And they just do it over like Zoom. And they must have like forgot to like put a Flanders filter on his voice. Like, is that how they do it? I think so. Yeah, I think that's uh, exactly right. The Flanders filter. Mm -hmm. The good old FF. No, Steve, not the Fantastic Four. Oh, <laughs> But I like in the beginning of that clip where Flanders is like, you just wake up and decide not to go to church on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most Tuesdays I forget to go to church. Yeah. You mean not every day ending in Y? That's right. Yeah. Uh, I like how uh, Nelson's just going to egg him on to say Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very funny, Nelson. Um, and I know that they've done it before, but I like it when uh, Chalmers replaces the word Skinner with something else, in this case, Sinners. Yeah. 
a little bit of a trivia deep dive. So Ned mentions being a teacher at Springfield Elementary. Now, he was first a teacher in season five, Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song, in which Skinner got fired and Flanders replaced him. But the one that Ned is referencing is Left Behind, in which Ned is forced to close the lectorium, then he works for the power plant for a little bit, then he gets some other jobs, and eventually, following the, t- the way that Jesus was a teacher, he himself becomes a teacher. So, Ned references the code CADF12 as kind of an Easter egg for super nerds like us to look it up. However, the actual nerd code for Left Behind is XABF12. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Yeah, that's what I'm giving to Al Jean. See him try to fix that. Before you do. Yes. And Al Jean himself noticed or was told about the mistake because he goes on Twitter and Al Jean says, inner retentive in me wanted to explain why Ned lost the teaching job. And I know uh, Left Behind wasn't C-A-B-F-1-2, but I had to use it for letter grades. And he hopes that he's fired for that blunder. (laughs) So that could be the end of it, but it's not. Because in the tweet, in the tweet, he says C A B as in boy F twelve rather than C A D as in doy F twelve, and that one, the one that he references C A B F twelve, is actually season 12's New Kids on the Black, which is the uh, Join the Navy episode. Ooh. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> But I thought you were going to say, was that a reference to uh, this podcast, how we uh, always bring that up? Yeah, L- I think blunder. so. Yeah, he didn't want right. us to fire him. Yeah, I think that he was secretly calling out to us. You're right. That's right, the connection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I went to school where we had letter grades of X, so. Yeah. Did you go to a sexy school? <laughs> no, Steve, I did not go to Arizona State. <laughs> Is that the one of the big party schools, ASU, I think? Yeah. I, I feel like most Arizona schools yeah, or are any- always like the... Playboy party schools. Yeah, or any college in Florida. Mm-hmm. Ah, Florida. You're so weird. So weird. Uh, not a status podcast. That's right. Not a status podcast. Screw uh, you, Missouri. Hey, we got listeners in Missouri, I'm assuming. Probably. The only state that doesn't like us is a, a state of reality. <laughs> All right. So Chalmers berates Ned for trying to save sinners and then asks if Ned is praying for his soul. And then Ned, of course, admits that he is. And Gary says that uh, this is the one and only thing he can punish him. <laughs> I just love that. Uh, so Ned is fired, but uh, not before being forced to write, I will not attempt the salvation of a bureaucrat repeatedly on the chalkboard. Now he knows what Bart feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Bart feels. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Guys, we're re- full disclosure, we're recording this uh, in the morning. I just woke up like 45 minutes ago, so... <laughs> Uh, which is weird because we just cracked open the beer in the intro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Willie throws Ned out of the school and uh, Ned responds by saying that guy loves him. But as the Scotsman says, nobody loves Willie. Uh, <laughs> nobody wants to touch Willie or love Willie. Nobody loves Willie. Like, Our Willie just needs years. to go back into its own body. Uh, Ned walks the rainy streets of Springfield, lamenting the fact that he lost two wives and two jobs. He wants to hit the pews and talk to the Lord, but he finds his surroundings to uh, be unwelcoming, such as a man flipping a help-wanted sign to read, Not You, another sign that says, Don't even read this sign. And then Ned sees the Atheist Society, the Agnostics Anonymous, the and the First Church of Springfield, which has been uh, closed for deliberalizing, and a chain restaurant, Pagan Express. Which is always good. I gotta get that orange center. Finally, Ned finds the Catholic Church, which is free of problems, Our Lady of Dwindling Attendance, and inside he hears a seemingly friendly voice. Maybe I could help you. 
I'm always looking for new opportunities. I could be, what do they call it, your angel investor? <laughs> <laughs> My associates, Mr. Rude and Dr. Jerkoff. Whoa. Whoa, look at me, I'm a doctor. <sighs> now, what is it that you do? I sell left-handed merchandise. You don't say. I was left-handed myself until the nuns beat it out of me. Perhaps you and I could go into business together. I back your store and you show your appreciation at a later date. This date may never come, but actually it will, and surprisingly soon. Won't you accept help from a sinister source? Well, I do. <gasps> sinister meaning left-handed. Well, sir, you seem like a godly man, and I'm a wee bit desperate. Let me do my due diligence and get back to you. You do your do. Hey, Steve, uh, should we change our names instead of Annoy Grunt Boys now? Um, you can be uh, what, uh, this one. Mr. Rude. And then I'll be uh... Dr. Jerkoff. <laughs> so you're Mr. Rude, and I'll be Dr. Jerkoff. Of course you want to be the doctor. Fine, I'll be Mr. Jerkoff, and you can be Dr. Rude. <laughs> All righty. Dr. Trickoff, that's what they called me in high school because I wore that lab coat <laughs> and I was constantly masturbating. <sighs> uh, they are correct, though. Uh, the uh, Oxford Dictionary, uh, the number one definition for sinister is giving the impression that something harmful or evil is about to happen. But the number two is of, on, or towards the left-handed side is sinister. So Tony's correct. Speaking of jerking off, you're saying we should be jerking off with our left hand because it's a sin. Might as well just go full sin, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, it feels kind of nice. <laughs> How do the censors get by the Dr. Jerkoff? Like, is there, there's no other, like, uh, it seems pretty graphic to me, right? To say jerk off on, on national television. Or is that, like, you couldn't get away with that in the 80s. No. And it does seem very weird. Um, I did notice in the closed captioning, I'm getting to it right here. It said, Dr. Handjob. <laughs> Dr. Masturbator. <laughs> Dr. Feelgood. Uh, no, but like it ended OV, so jerk off, jerk not off. jerk off. Huh. But but yeah, it is it is a pretty crass joke for really for the Simpsons and for our yeah, podcast. The, right. We don't we don't do blue on this podcast. No, no. <laughs> now let's talk a little bit more about Mickey Mantle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was the original Dr. Jerkoff. <laughs> no, he was Dr. Blowjob. That's right. Yeah. I mean, really, the woman is a doctor. Because yeah. she was the one who was administrating the she, medicine. This episode is the mini saints of Springfield. She was the mini saints of Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I mean, he had a a groin pull. You know, he needed to relieve some uh, tension, right? Yeah. Yeah. You would have thought she would have given him a hand job, it being Yankee Stadium and all. <laughs> yeah. A little too on the nose there. Okay. Or maybe on the mouth. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny because in that letter, he wanted to fuck. Like, he's yeah. like, I don't really want a blowjob. He wanted to fuck her. So it's just like, I would imagine they're just in the, the stands and he just like sees one, tells an usher like, hey, go uh, tell that lady Mickey, the Mick wants to see you. <laughs> in fact, that's uh, that's the history of uh, Babe Ruth, too. He wasn't calling a shot. He just saw a hottie in the, yeah. in the nosebleed seats. He's like, that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's get back to the Simpsons. Uh, Mar Marge is stunned that uh, Ned would uh, would do business with the mob. But Ned explains that uh, he Googled them and... Uh, it, it, it said his business was legitimate and uh, you know who would ever dream that the internet would lie yeah so it all seemed good with the uh, uh leftorium reopening under the same management as far as you know uh, inside lou threatens Dolph to buy a left-handed scissors or else uh, he'll turn no-handed <laughs> and the old business was booming and for the first time in a long time ned smiled wow 
Were you just waiting the whole time? Uh, like, Marge, you know, you worked for the mob when you were doing the pretzel wagon, right? Yeah. It's they kind of reference it right coming up in a way. In a way, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ned continues to tell his tale to Marge when uh, Homer walks in. Homer is impressed that Ned finally did something cool, but is surprised that he would be mixed up with the mob. I mean, that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Homer is stupid, all right. PhD is how he spells food. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm stupid. That's enough. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> Nerd fans like us would be like, uh, you know. Homer did work with the mob for the pretzel wagon and, you know, probably mm-hmm. many other episodes that we, I can't think of, but yeah, the fact they're like, yeah, we could reference that he did like Homer would work for the mob, but let's just have grandpa say, yeah, he sure is stupid. And just everyone laugh. It was mm-hmm. kind of a delightful scene, you know, it was that's Maggie that's laughing. Like, yeah. And uh, sounded a little helper laughing. Yeah. And then Ned finally kicks in with a laugh. That's great. Yeah. That's uh, why I like that clip is because I just like everybody laughing at Homer. It's just it's full joy. And I'm like realizing, oh yeah, I am dumb. <laughs> Good stuff there. I mean, we make the joke on the podcast all the time, but like the whole like, uh, I can't believe I trusted the internet. Like, I feel like we make the joke. Everyone kind of makes that joke. It's might be mm-hmm. like, is that a, a tired joke that we kind of need to end? Like, uh, yeah, I read I it on the internet. Right. I read it on the internet, so it must be true. You know? Yeah, the internet would never lie. Right. I think we're at that point in society where everybody knows that the internet is full of lies except for this podcast. And so, yeah, we should probably get that up. I think we need a new segment, Joke Jail, maybe. Ooh, I like that. Steve doesn't like the uh, trapdoor, Mr. Burns' yeah. trapdoor, right? Should we put that in the jail? I think I should go in jail. Right. Trapdoor. <laughs> Try to get out of that one, trapdoor. That's right. <laughs> and then let's just now throw in the uh, the internet joke of, it must be true, because I read the internet. Mm-hmm. You're in jail. Uh, there was probably another one we did a few podcast episodes ago. So right now, there is a warrant out for the joke we don't remember. So. That's right. If you guys know, be a snitch. A joke snitch. Yeah, be a joke snitch mm-hmm. and let us know. That'll be our question this week. Yeah, on, I like uh, that a lot. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, what joke needs to just uh, end in pop culture, movie sitcoms? You know, the classic, uh, you know, where's the beef? Yeah. All the sitcoms using, where's the beef? Where's the beef? I'm afraid one tire joke would be, that's what she said. I'm afraid people are going to say that, which, uh, you know. (sighs) Yeah. Look, I'm just looking for those very long, uh, hard, thick (laughs) jokes. Hard to swallow. Hard to swallow jokes that I love in my mouth. That's what she said. Why would she say she wants jokes in her mouth? (laughs) Oh, man. We really are the bee's knees. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, if you have a uh, joke that goes into jail, that should be in jail, send it to us. Yeah. And we'll keep an eye out as well. All right. Be our joke snitches. Yeah. And we won't give you stitches. That's right. But we'll if you're give you... kitty cat, we'll give you scritches. <laughs> um, nothing else rhymes with itches, Steve. I can't think of a single other word, so let's just continue. All righty. Ned admits that uh, he may be a little too trusting, and he recalls the interaction he had with Fat Tony after giving him an envelope full of Leftorian profits. Ned asks Tony if he is a good fella, and Tony says that he is. Ned then asks Tony if he's a wise guy, and Tony states that uh, some call him that. But behind them, we have Johnny Tight Lips trying out some uh, marinara or gravy to you Italians. And he does, it doesn't meet his standards. So then he just shoots the pot of sauce repeatedly. <laughs> but is a bull uh, also going into the chef? 
I was kind of wondering that too because he does fall down to his knees. So <laughs> gonna impact the uh, taste of the marinara. One yeah. presume if there's blood in there. You don't put blood in your marinara. <laughs> I mean, not my own, unless okay. you know, you know, depending if it's a weekend, maybe I will. Yeah, this takes a little bit longer. As Fat Tony and Ned enjoy a meal at Luigi's, the Italian American restaurant owner hands Luigi an envelope of cash. Tony notices that Luigi is a little light, and Luigi offers his chef hat, then his second hat, and then his bald wig. Uh, with his long, flowing hair, Louis regrets his culinary career path. Ooh, if I knew that mobsters like Italian food, I would have stuck to the sushi. I used to cut the fish and make it the rice and serve the fish and chop the thing. I'm sure Italians love sushi. I think that most people like sushi. Sushi is delicious. I like both. Yeah. I want Italian sushi. <laughs> I want raw sausages <laughs> on a bed of, uh, you know, pasta noodles that I have to pick up with chopsticks <laughs> and then dip in, you know, not soy sauce, but marinara. Marinara. Yeah. That sounds very gross. I mean, it's it it's the raw sausage, I think. Yeah. But if you were to have actual like cooked sausage and then somehow, I mean, no, rice is just tiny spaghetti, right? Exactly. So you'd have like noodles. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe just use like, uh, you know how like there's like uh, some sushi has the rice with the wrap, the seaweed wrap. Mm -hmm. You put like a cooked sausage on top of a piece of garlic bread and then wrap it with a, a, a lasagna noodle. There you, you go. Dip it in marinara. Yeah, there you go. That does not sound bad, actually. <laughs> no, it doesn't. All right. Let's, uh, Steve, let's eat Italian sushi. All righty. Manja or manga because it's Japanese. Um, <laughs> stupid. Very stupid. Uh, <laughs> Ned tells Marge and Homer how the mob welcomed him in as one of their own, singing songs and taking Louis's place as one of Tony's guys. Ned then recalls one of all the intimate and vague conversations he heard, such as the Don asking if that thing went down with our friend. Johnny Tight Lips replies that if he replaced that thing with an ice pick, our friend with uh, Benny the Barber and down with into his eyeball, you may have your answer. <laughs> Ned returns to the table asking if he missed anything. And uh, Louis replies that they were talking about a lot of murders before correcting himself, <laughs> saying they weren't talking about nothing. Fun <laughs> bit of uh, mobbery. Yeah. In his chambers, Fat Tony throws frame pictures, sculptures, and his desk at the wall. And when Ned asks what's wrong, Tony simply <laughs> says business difficulties. And then the, the mobsters need to go on an Ikea run to replace the broken furniture. I just like the idea of a Italian mobs with Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> the cheapest of furnitures. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, in this clip, uh, Ned lends uh, an ear to Tony. Want to talk about it? You know, I will talk about it. To you. I have many operations. One of those is um selling medicine to um patients on the street, as it were. Aww. But a rival, shall we say, pharmacist from New Jersey, is trying to put the squeeze on me. We may have to go to the mattresses. Well, a healthy night's sleep is always important, but I think you'd feel a lot better if you did a few exercises from this uh, self-esteem workbook. Que diavolo! See, you can pencil your way out of your maze of miseries, draw a little frowny face for self-expression. Come on, you know you wanna. I don't wanna. Yes, you do. All right, all right, I'll draw the freaking frown. What do you know? I actually feel better. <gasps> you just gave me the kiss of death. <laughs> and a pinch to grow an inch. Stevie, have you ever had the kiss of death? <laughs> uh, no, but I've been pinching myself all day and no more inches. 
nothing's <laughs> happening. I, I think he means the uh, the belly, like the fat inch, not your inch oh. down. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, then it's working just fine. <laughs> no, I really like that Ned went in for that kiss. It's like, he seemed to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we find out later he did enjoy it. Yeah. That'd be an interesting couple. Fat Tony yeah. Flanders. <laughs> They're both hardworking uh, businessmen. But, you know, the one thing that Flanders probably is very much against Fat Tony being, you know, Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, he brings that up. So it would never work. That's right. Uh, so Ned then remembers how the summer turned into a fall. Lisa walks into the legitimate businessmen's club selling candy for the band. She just needs to sell 200 bars for her trip to Cincinnati, and she'll be on her way with no trouble. She then spots Ned and is shocked. She takes him outside where an ice cream truck marked frozen bars of ice cream <laughs> is parked. Uh, Lisa is stunned to learn that the best man on her block joined a criminal gang. Ned then realizes the situation he finds himself in. Louis steps outside, concerned that Lisa has seen too much. Ned ushers Lisa away rudely, saying that the real criminal might be the neighbor who borrows stuff and never returns it, pointing out that Homer has his garage door opener. Lisa walks away, offended, but Ned quietly tells her that he'll take a dozen candy bars. Ned then confronts his new business partner. Um, my friend, do you mind if I have a word with you about uh, hell? Language! You disrespect this photo, which I believe to be my mother. Well, sir, I'll just come right out and say it. You, my friend, are a rotten tomato. Let me explain something to you. You have aligned yourself with a secretive organization with many, many traditions we are not proud of. I know! You're Catholic! You do not know you have joined this thing of ours. What thing of yours? You know the thing. I don't know the thing. You people are less direct than a corkscrew. <laughs> what the? No. Whack. Whackery? Well, as I told the people at Equinox Health Clubs, no matter what I signed, I want out. No. <sighs> I'm afraid from our association, there is only one way out. I think at the beginning of the clip when Ned calls him a rotten tomato, like I know it's animation, but mm -hmm. I feel like Joe Mantenga did such a good job of closing those blinds. Yeah. Like it was a really well done like animated sequence where like, oh, you do not say that to a mob boss and he shuts the blinds. Like it was really good. Like the music and everything, yeah, like, the, tent, a... the tent scene was really well done. Like animation. Right. It's such a passive movement that looks so powerful when you right. do it when you do it. Yeah, you're totally right. And I love that yeah, just the attention that they have and uh yeah, joining a gym membership, that's that's hard to quit. Equinox, I'm not familiar. Is this uh is that an actual uh no you know, you think with a body like mine, I know every single gym, <laughs> right? So I'm assuming that's a was that a a real gym with uh they had issues like charging people that try to quit or something? Is that yeah? Um Equinox a lux luxury fitness club. It's not fitness, it's life. It is a higher end uh gym membership club uh, that also does like acupuncture and massage and it is incredibly hard to cancel evidently. Uh, do we have any clubs uh in our area? I don't believe so actually. I think it might be more of a California thing. Oh no, they are in uh Portland. Should we uh, join? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I don't see why not. Do they have a podcast using in the <laughs> <Yeah>. club? <laughs> we got to work out our mouths. That's exercise. <laughs> That's right. We didn't mention how funny the uh, frozen bars of ice cream the FBI yeah. truck is. That's a fun joke. We're not putting the uh, FBI joke in jail. That stays. No, out. no, no. And I think we might get some more later. And I think that yeah. they also deserve. No, it's that's a solid joke. Um, and then I also mentioned that, you know, Ned kind of disses 
the, the Catholics, which was funny. Mm-hmm. He also says, you people. It's like, come on, Flanders. Don't say that about yeah. the Italian mob. We like the mafia. They're very good. Yeah. Or if you were a Marvel comic in the 60s, the Magia. <laughs> or if it was the uh, Godfather, you're not allowed to say mafia. That's right. <laughs> So as the mobsters surround Ned, he asks, uh, just to clarify, you know, like, uh, what floor they're on and that if it's the first and it is. So <laughs> Ned just jumps out the window <laughs> and breaks it. But then, of course, we're in a way. Ned, of course, will say, uh, I'll pay for that. A weird uh, Flanders move, like just mm-hmm. jumping out the window. <laughs> uh, so back at the uh, 742 Evergreen Terrace, Ned tells the family that he sent the boys to their grandpapa. We then go to see Rod and Todd, thanking God for the macaroni and cheese and for the strings on their bananas. And Ned's dad's <laughs> there. He's got you know, the aged beatnik and wonders how his family tree got such a square roots. So I was going to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we haven't seen his parents since like we saw the flashback in hurricane Eddie, your favorite episode. Yeah. We might've seen another flashback of his beat parents later on through the series, but have we seen them in current days? Is this the first time we've seen Pa Flanders? I think it is. Yeah. And does that mean his mom's dead? Cause he specifically says he sent him to the grandpa pa and we don't see his mom there. So I'm wondering. It is possible that she died or maybe because they are crazy beatniks. Maybe she's just like finding herself on the road. Oh, uh, maybe man. she's going like on a poetry run or are like, you, you know. Do you, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Hmm. An episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's going to be stupid sexy, too. <laughs> it's going to be a flashback. Grandpa telling a story about Mona or or they learn about a time Mona was on the road when Flanders' parents split and Mona and Ned's mom. Oh. And had kind of like a fun, like sexual affair too. Like they were, you know, protesting and things like that, but also had a, right. a kinky relationship. And so you could have a scene where Glenn Close is with, you know, doing the voice of Mona be like, mm, like stupid, sexy Flanders or something. Yeah. <laughs> They try to have sex, but he has erectile dysfunction. He's like, I tried no, 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 all of my no, ideas. No, Steve, you don't not not Ned Flanders' dad. Oh, oh, I see. Ned's Ned mom. Flanders' mom. So Ned and Homer's moms hooked up. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's I was being a little thick, but yeah, that's a it's a great idea. <laughs> they had a lesbian affair. Yeah, I like this a lot. I mean, yeah, maybe the better one is now. That I'm thinking about it. That <laughs> what if. Homer questions like, wait, is grandpa really my father? What if Ned and I are actually brothers? I mean, that would be a fun moment. But Yeah, I like both these angles. All right, there you go, Algene. There's two stories you can have. Yeah, one for season 35 and one for season 36. <laughs> they don't need to wait here. They can just do them back to back. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> All right, there's my new, uh, there's my pitch. I like it. I like <laughs> it a lot. Ned plans to uh, tough out the situation at home. As he looks out the window, a black SUV mysteriously drives up and down the road. Just then, Ned's house explodes. Ned then goes to church for asylum, but as Timothy and Helen Lovejoy discover, the house of worship has been burned down with a marquee reading, You didn't see nothing. Helen is devastated, but the Reverend, holding his insurance policy, sees this as an opportunity to get a new set of model trains. We then see a quite long scene of his current railroad town going up (laughs) in flames. I kind of don't like this look of uh, Reverend Lovejoy taking insurance money or taxpayers money and then benefiting himself. Like, I don't see any religious figure like, a you oh. know, would ever do anything like that. Take money from people to, but you know, for their own, their own personal gain. They would never do that. Yeah. Oh, never, never. <laughs> Not a religious podcast. 
Or, you know, we could say it like, uh, what did I read that, that Joel Olstein guy, like makes a salary of like 56 million a year. Yeah. Like, I just saw that today. <laughs> and like, you know, I, we're not here to knock people in the religion. Not at all. We're just here to like, why do you let people like this take your money? You know, it's mm-hmm. not, uh, teething's weird to me. Uh, we're not a political podcast, religious podcast, but, uh, you know, tax the churches guys. Come on. You can do it. Except we're going to have our own religion, right? So we're tax-free, the uh, annoyed grump voice. Didn't we say that a few? Like, oh, a yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Tax write-off. This podcast is going to be a tax write-off. <laughs> Brother Timothy and Sister Kate are right. part of our parish. <laughs> Congregation. Yeah. Congregation, yeah. Um, so the Springfield PD arrived to assess the scene of the Flanders' homestead, but Wiggum is confused by the police tape. <laughs> so Lou wants to know uh, the whereabouts of Ned, and we see that he's hiding in the Simpsons attic, you know, the one above the garage. Mm-hmm. Has that the, attic always been above the garage? I don't think so, because there's always scenes of, on the second floor, the string hanging from the ceiling that you pull down and the, stu- and the staircase right. comes out. So they have two. Right, or like there's two access points for the attic, or yeah, Mr. Rich Guy has two attics. Well, at least the, 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 the main one is a TV attic where, you know, it's literally a full room. Like I think walk and stand it up into at least the the garage one is like how a lot of attics are and just more of a crawl space. Mm-hmm. I know this is a Simpsons podcast, but and I know this is like thirty years old, but I just never understood like the full house house. Like, oh yeah, all of a sudden like they had this full attic that they could have had Joey or Jesse live in the whole time. Instead, like Joey, uh, you can stay in the alcove first, and then we'll move you to the garage. Oh, uh, Jesse and Aunt Becky want to move in. Oh yeah, uh, there's just an attic upstairs with boxes. You can make it a whole apartment. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, full house, house never made sense. Never. So, anyways, uh, back to the Simpsons. Um, uh, Homer in the attic is offering the uh, hiding spot until the uh, end of the day. Um, you know, as an act of, of charity. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bart and Lisa have a, a relative comfort of and safety at uh, Patty and Selma's, giving them some back massages. In this clip at most, Homer has some company looking to uh, find Ned. Where is he? Where is who? You know who. I'm just a stupid nobody who doesn't have any Flanders. I mean answers. I mean answers about Flanders. You can't choke me from behind if I'm standing in front of you. Yeah. Ho, hey, ho, ha, My friend, if you know something and withhold from us, it will not go well. Uh. What he means is... Oh, crap. My fingernails are too sharp. I can't see. Oh, you did good, Homer. You didn't stop him. But you made him very mad. That scene of Louis flicking his <laughs> neck open with his fingernail. Uh, but it's really funny because it looks like, you know, Homer roughed up the mob. Yeah. <laughs> and Mozan line of, uh, well, you didn't kill him, but you made him very mad. Right. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like how before the clip, when Homer was in the attic, you know, being nice to Ned, is like, you can stay here until, you know, Thursday. And that's all like, it is Thursday. See? <laughs> I'm nice. You're welcome. Yeah. I love uh, the kind of the Homer logic of you can't strangle me if you're not behind me. Like, right. <laughs> it's kind of feels like classic Homerism, mm-hmm. and the fact that he just gives up after like two seconds, like it's such yeah. classic. I'm like, uh, it's like time just goes. Literally turns his his back to the mob to sit down and like right. drink beer and eat the uh, peanuts or chips or whatever it is on the, the yeah. Bar. And then even while he's getting choked, he's still, still yeah yeah 
Uh, so Homer gets into his car and is being tailed by Johnny Tatlitz and Louie, who remain unseen, assuming Homer doesn't look behind him. <laughs> uh, Homer drives to Lard Lad Donuts, then to the Quickie Mart, and then to Krusty Burger, all being followed by the mobsters. He then goes to Luigi's. Luigi gets a lot of play in these past <laughs> few weeks, I've noticed. Yeah. Then back to Lard Lad. And once again to Krusty Burger. Johnny Tightlips wonders uh, how many dinners this guy can have. <laughs> and Louis observes that Homer eats more than Frankie eats too much. <laughs> which uh, is very funny to me. And then as Johnny points out, the mafia nicknames are quite judgmental. So I feel bad for Frankie eats too much. <laughs> so I was just thinking like the line where it's how many dinners he's eating. So like, yeah, is the, is the joke like, well, he's getting breakfast first and then it's like lunchtime and then it's, you know, dinner. But like, is this all in the span of like 10 minutes? Maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just going get donuts, then burger, then Luigi's, then burger again. Or what if, what if we're thinking too much of this and, and they're, you know, thinking he just eats all the time. What if uh, we didn't actually see it that, uh, you know, to make extra money. Cause you know, there's another store gone that, that doesn't play into it. Uh, Lisa wants another pony and Homer's just doing, doing DoorDash or Uber Eats and he's just picking that's people's true. orders. That's a good point. We don't know that. Oh, that's how that episode would play now, Lisa's Pony, right? Which, was not an Al Jean written episode? Yeah. Yeah. That now would be, instead of working the Quickie Mart because you can't have, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, a poo on anymore. Right. Be Homer doing DoorDash and Uber. <laughs> and I'm sure that'll like, happen soon. <laughs> well, season 30, there was the episode where I think our third episode where it was Homer Marge doing ride share. And we liked that episode. Yeah, we did. It was fun. Yeah. So Homer arrives back at 742 Evergreen Terrace, still being watched. And he enters the garage, I'm sorry, car hold and <laughs> climbs into the attic and Johnny Tightlips and Louie share a, a, a knowing nod. And Homer expects to find Ned up there, but instead he finds something sexier. His wife, Marge. Oh, oh God. Oh God. Where's Ned? I don't know. I came back to bring him fresh towels and he disappeared. He wouldn't just leave without drying himself off. He wouldn't. No Flanders. And who knew Fatso had such a hot wife? It's a sitcom thing. King of Queens, Fred Flintstone, Timmy and Lassie. Such a beautiful dog. Where the hell would Flanders go? Well, this would be a good time for a prayer. Let's see. May I suggest a prayer from the Klingon language Bible? Even I think this is idiotic. Uh, good luck. Now, what does he think is idiotic? His language or the plot? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I because you know I feel like comic book guy would would stick through to his own Klingonness. You know, he's a Trekkie through and through. So there's a joke earlier that definitely is like, okay, Boomer, you wrote this joke mm -hmm. where it was, uh, hey, it's a sitcom thing. King of Queens, Fred Flintstone, Timmy and Lassie. Like, you know, the, the quote unquote ugly guy with the hot lady. So mm -hmm. these King of Queens, which the show hasn't been on for well, 15 years, maybe. Yeah. And then Fred and, uh, Wilma, which <laughs> Flintstone's yeah. reference from a hundred years ago. And then Timmy and Lassie, like, I know Al, you're you're an elder statesman, but this just mm -hmm. is such like a old timey joke. Yeah. It doesn't need to go in the joke jail. No. But it's like what's a better punchline for the for the modern age? Obviously the joke of little Timmy and Lassie, you know, being a couple. I get it. Boy and a dog. You, you could have done Stewie and uh, Brian from Family Guy. They're a 
lovely couple. Yeah, or uh, Finn and the kid from Adventure Time. People like that. Rick and Morty. Ooh. Maybe not anymore. Oh. <laughs> Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. But even that feels kind of dated, like because that's like yeah. 40 years old. Maybe. Uh... What's the brother and sister on uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah. There you go. Uh, the Lannisters. Uh Big Bird and Snuffleupagus. Again, <laughs> probably another data joke. Just what kid knows who Timmy and Lassie like. There hasn't been a Lassie reboot in probably 30, 40 years, probably. <laughs> oh, you just know the woke culture is going to make Lassie. Wait, was Lassie a, a boy dog supposed to be? In, in... Well, they always, they always used a female dog, right? Right. I think they always use a female sorry. dog. A bitch. Yeah, they use some bitch uh, to play a male dog. It'll be a real dog, know. but but it'll be a real dog, but the Timmy will be CGI. <laughs> right. I think it's kind of constricting to have the Lassie character have to be a dog. I mean, why couldn't it be a parakeet or a cat or, you know, a, some other animal? Let's represent the furries. It would exactly. be a person dressed as a dog. I guess, wasn't there that show Wilford with uh, um, Elijah Wood? Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah. Was that kind of like a Timmy and Lassie? Because I remember watching maybe the first couple episodes. It was an interesting show. I know it like mm-hmm. critically was acclaimed, but wasn't it like a, it was a real dog, but then he saw like just a guy in a dog costume. Wasn't that the, the I think of it? so. Yeah. Is it kind of like also like that movie Harvey with, uh, with me, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're making fun of Algae for making old yeah. timey references. Yeah. Here we are with doing the Jimmy Stewart impersonation. <laughs> So kids, uh, imagine Donnie Darko. <laughs> Guess what about either? I know. Oh boy! All right. Well, we're not uh, trashing anything. We're just pointing out, like, it's like you could tell an older elder statesman wrote this episode. Yeah. Um, because this kind of well, episode would fit in like an older season with the old guys. Yeah, it does kind of have that old feel. It would be a joke in like season two. Although, um, as uh, Ned's about to pray, he does have some apps on his phone, and that's very modern. Um, he has apps such as Praise, which is a, probably a parody of the driving app ways. We've got Gracebook, a parody of Facebook. Pray Pay, that's a parody of PayPal. Uh, Instagram, which is either a parody of Instagram or just a left-handed Instagram. <laughs> Amazon, so obviously Amazon. We have Heavens to Etsy. <laughs> And uh, Snapchapel, <laughs> well, probably Snapchat. Yeah, I don't think do people still use Snapchat though. I don't think so. Although every now and then I hear a person younger than myself talk about people seeing their Snapchat, so I think it still gets some play. But I really feel like TikTok is the king of the apps at the moment. You hear younger younger people than yourself talking about Snapchat, so you, you hear thirty year olds <laughs> talk about literally. Snapchat. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> 30 years are old. I know, but the person I'm thinking of who mentioned it at work was like literally 31. So yeah, younger people who in their 30s. So I mean, I guess if you do like every generation has their, like we were we were the MySpace generation, really. Yeah. And then we migrated to to Facebook and then and then we, you know, migrated off of Facebook. Right. Because now we're at the age of like, and, you know, most people that I know, actually a lot of people I still know are Facebook people still and then mm-hmm. Instagram. But a lot of our generation didn't switch to Twitter. Twitter is interesting. Yeah. Like I feel like Twitter is is celebrity centric mostly. But yeah, you never see. I never you know saw like high school people or whatever. Like, oh, follow me on Twitter, you know, <laughs> 
Right. Like if you're talking about like MySpace to Facebook, like I never saw the migration go to Twitter. It was all just still Instagram. Yeah. So for my wife, who is uh, seven years, my junior, my wife, uh, Instagram is her primary go to app. And and she doesn't like Twitter. She gave up Facebook a few years ago. And so now it's Facebook. Now it's Instagram and TikTok. But yeah, I feel like for people just a little bit younger than us, Instagram had a mainstay for a long time. Mm hmm. And I think Twitter actually might be a little bit older than us, but I like it a lot because I like words. And Elon Musk. And, and oh, yeah, he's great. Nothing wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I like Twitter just for, for a, you know, instant instant news. You know, we live in a 24-7 news cycle. Yeah, so that's I think right. Yeah. Twitter is, you know, more reliable than local news or cable news at this point. So yeah. you turn on like local news and it's like, yeah, I heard about that, you know, this morning. You just now tell me about this gosh <laughs> it's true even like for local stuff like you say uh there was an incident in my neighborhood last week but i was able to find out more about it through twitter and better than any other news source even reddit the local reddit or any yeah news uh source that was nearby yeah. so so what yeah, it was just good. real quick was so you guys aren't leaving you on suspense here um it was just our local one of our local news stations kgw was doing a report on unhoused people camps the the, the tent camps homeless camps whatever you would call them and they're just doing a report and literally on film witnessed an altercation and then a person shooting another person mm-hmm. and this was in steve's neighborhood yeah so like literally like the news just doing a report on the violence in in these camps you know and then literally something happens there so yeah 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 that was yeah <laughs> so yes it uh it does exist <laughs> they do exist <laughs> violence i mean yeah violence santa claus and eminem yeah. they all exist uh, um, so comic book guy then flips his open sign to reveal his uh, body in carbonite <laughs> with the text that says comic book guy will return. And the episode ends that way, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> return next time to the Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> return of the day. Whatever. Uh, Ned steps into Tony's office when asked why he's there. Ned explains that he believes deep down Tony is a good man. Ned then calls Fat Tony by his Christian name, Anthony, just like his mother used to call him. Ned then continues to make his case for Tony's goodness. And a man who loves his mother as much as you do can't be all bad. Mommy. And someone who bought that much band candy must have a very soft heart. Maybe I like candy. You are right. I'm hard on the outside and soft on the inside. Like the world's most murderous cannoli. Knew it. Repeat after me, I believe in God. I believe in God. The Creator Almighty. The Creator Almighty. Maker of heaven and earth. Maker of heaven and earth. And so on and so forth. (laughs) Now, take my hand in loving friendship. Okay, kill him. What? I'm sorry, Ned, but this is the business we've chosen. Although you were tricked into it, that's on me. I really enjoyed the the organ playing with Mm -hmm. the... The music is very reminiscent of The Godfather when Michael, when Michael Corleone is at the baptism of, you know, his nephew. And that's when, like, the whole hit's taking place, you know, they kill Mo Green and there's killing all the people and, like, that music. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a good, fun little reference. Uh, yeah, nice little nod. And then you think Tony's going to be uh, 
save, but no. So Louis cocks his gun and he asks Ned if he has any last requests. And then Ned asks if he can remove his mustache, saying that he wants to be clean shaven for the Lord. He then rips off his stash to reveal a circuit board. Oh, man. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. Louis yells out that Ned's wearing a wire and Johnny is upset that no one <laughs> patted down his schnoz. Uh, sirens flare and various trucks arrive, such as frozen bars of ice cream again. Uh, then the classic one is flowers by Irene. Yep. Uh, then we have Fanny Bryce imitations with uh, Julie Benko in parentheses. Fanny Bryce imitations with Leah Michelle. Is that the funny girl reference? Yes. Uh, Fanny Bryce was the American comedian and singer and model who was the uh, portrayed by Barbara Streisand originally in Funny Girl and then by various people such as Julie Benko, Leah Michelle, and briefly and not so well by uh, Beanie Feldstein. We also have a festive balloons eye. <laughs> I couldn't see it. You can see festive yeah. balloons, but yeah. <laughs> and then we have uh, falafels baked instantly. So Tony is shocked that uh, Ned has been working with the feds the whole time. But as Ned explains, it wasn't until Lisa pulled the wool from his eyes that he chose to be a snitch. Uh, an FBI agent warns him that uh, things go bad. Ned could wind up as Mr. John Smith in Utah, which uh, has always been a dream of Ned's. I think that's an interesting joke. I feel like Ned would frown upon the Mormon religion for some reason. Yeah, that's kind of the way I felt, too. Like, yeah, I don't see him like it's such a new religion. It seems like it'd be wrong for Ned to yeah. worship Mormonism and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as Tony is taken away in handcuffs, he tells Ned that he loved him. And Ned reminds him that he forgot his birthday, you know, but he did, even though it was a belated birthday card. That's right. So while the community rebuilds Ned's house yet again. So is this the... Uh... Third time Ned's house has been rebuilt because the hurricane mm -hmm. destroyed it. Then they rebuilt it, but they rebuilt it shabbily. Crappily, yeah. So I'm assuming that house was torn down and then a new one was built, a more stable right. one. So then this is would be the, the third time, right? At least, yeah. Yeah. I don't I can't where's, recall of another episode where his house gets destroyed. I don't think so. But where's Jimmy Carter when you need him? Oh, uh, too soon, Steve. Too soon. I'm sorry. Um look, look, we're not a political podcast. Uh, Carter wasn't a great president, but he was a great man after the yeah. presidency. Uh, Probably the best ex-president we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, RIP um, uh President Carter. Eventually. Okay. Uh Homer tells Ned that he's proud of him. He can't believe someone finally put Pat Tony in jail. Ned tells Homer that he missed Tony, saying that he that the guy could really kiss. Homer <laughs> says that stupid Flanders is a brave man, but Ned takes his showers with his massive hog in the dark, just like anyone else. Credits begin to roll, and in the library of the of the Springfield Penitentiary, Louis offers some literary criticism to Fat Tony. I can't believe it. Bush and books, and they're all YA. The fault in our stars. Only one person dies, and they don't even get whacked. I did like the Virgin. A lot of people get whacked. This is gonna be one long fifteen to life. The Fault of Our Stars. Oh, no. Is this about the liberal left Hollywood media? Is that what the book's about? No, it's about the poor playing of the 1996 Dallas hockey team. <laughs> I was wondering, like, the joke, if it's a joke that... Or is this an actual sentence when, when Fat Tony, I had to look into the subtitles because I didn't understand if he said this is going to be a long 50 to life or was it 15 to life? And it, in the subtitles, it is 15 to life. And I thought, hmm. is that a su sentence? Because think about it, like you get 15 years in jail or life to life. Like that's right. like a very low number. It's a broad and that's a broad variation of. Because like, yeah. like people that are in jail for like if their sentence is like 15 years, usually I don't think 
like obviously murder i don't think i think you get more than 15 to life yeah but then i just like looked up is 15 to life a thing but there was actually a documentary called 15 to life it was huh. about a kid who was 15 years old who committed crime so that was the idea like he because he, he was in and out of jails so like 15 to life was the title of the documentary so I don't, I don't know if like can you be sentenced to 15 to life because you know 15 year sentences are like tax fraud type of deals or maybe right, yeah. worse than that like attempted murders or something like that i don't know we're not lawyers yet not yet steve and i haven't passed the bar we sure have <laughs> drank under the bar, but not past it. I'm sure we'll see Fat Tony out of jail soon. Oh, yeah. It seems like in these newer episodes, they've used a lot of Fat Tony. It's true. It, we've seen a lot of him in the past uh, few years. It, it just must be, uh, they just must enjoy working with Joe Montagna. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He won't do this podcast, but, you know. No. So how nice is he really? Yeah. Let us know at uh, 13Simpsons at gmail.com. <laughs> Tell us your Joe Montagna story. Is he on? Is he on cameo? Well, it should be. It'd probably be too many requests for a Fat Tony impersonation. He's like, I'm that's not true. Doing that. All right, Steve. Uh, we finished the episode, so I think uh, I need to take a cannoli break and then come back and uh, finish up our ZD. That's <laughs> so, a spicy meatball. Uh, we're canceled for that stereotype, right? I think so. Yay! Canceled. Two greatest words in the English language: can and sold. Yeah, I love cans. Sold. Steve, let's take a break and uh, come back and uh, wrap it up. How about that? Sounds great. We'll be right back. And we are back. Steve, let's wrap up this week's episode, The Mini Saints of Springfield. We'll talk about some of our favorite jokes, maybe an MVJ, Most Valuable Jokester, you know, scenes we liked, and what we thought about the episode in general. And then we'll find out what we're watching next week. But before we do any of that, we like to give some gifts to our paisans here. That's us. I guess I'll give you my gift first and <laughs> be rude to ask for a gift. Right. Um, I'm going to give the gift of food. Oh, I love food. You know, in the Italian culture, it's, you know, feasts and meals and, and the gift of food, you know, conversation around the food, you know, food. The most famous Italian restaurant is, is of course, Olive Garden, the most authentic Italian of course. you get. And, you know, when you're there, you're family. So just imagine going to Olive Garden and watching all the Fast and Furious movies. Such a family <laughs> A fun family time, right? They're all family. That's right. Yeah. So I'm going to give you, uh, you know, some macaroni and cheese with uh, some banana strings. Mm. I'm also going to give you uh, a lot of uh, band candy, Ooh, and, yeah. uh, which is nice because the band candy that Lisa is selling is a coffee toffee crunch. And you love coffee. I do. Yeah. I'm assuming you are fine with toffee. Yeah. I, I mix toffee from time to time. It's good. Toffee's good. And you love crunch. Crunch. You don't like crunches. But you like crunch. <laughs> it's true. 
And uh, your favorite episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is from season three's episode, Band Candy. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can all the band candy, ah. some mac and cheese. I also made you some uh, my homemade marinara sauce. It's a giant pot here. Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, well, that's very city, Craig. Let me just give it a taste. Oh, oh, you disrespect me with that sauce. Oh, no, Steve, put it down. You don't need to do it. No. Oh, no. My, my sauce. Uh, why'd you do it again? Steve, stop it. Uh, stop it. All right, no more. Okay, that's four <laughs> shots. Okay, that's five. Stop it. Last one. What, you reloaded just to do that? Stop oh. it. All right, okay. let me just make sure that it's empty. It's not empty. That's what I was checking. <laughs> now it's empty. Are you sure it's empty now? Just... I promise, it's all gone. No okay. more bullets. Steve, you said it was empty. That gun was, not my other one. <laughs> all right, put that AK-47 down, all right? All right. Well, Craig, despite <laughs> your your mediocre marinero, which I think <laughs> I reacted to completely reasonably, yeah, I got you a gift as well. Oh, boy. Way back in this episode, early on, we had that couch gag by Stupid Baby Studios, and uh, it referenced a piece of memorabilia. Oh, wow. Quite a valuable piece of memorabilia. Steve, 9.5 million worth of value. Yep, I got you an autographed. Wow, Mickey Mantle, 12.6 million. Yeah, you're right. Just give yeah, me the card. Right. Just give me the card. That's right, Craig. I got you an autographed copy of <gasps> the 97 issue of TV what? Guide, TV autographed Guide. by Gordon Shumway himself. <laughs> Steve, what? why is there a cat blood all over this? It's just to prove the authentic authenticity of it. <laughs> how do I know what to, how to differentiate cat blood from any other kind of blood? <laughs> I just like eating pussy. Ah, <laughs> Ray Romano, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's a crossover we need. <laughs> yeah. Ray, everybody loves Alf, and so it's Raymond and Alf. Talk about yeah. uh, old jokes. I can't wait for Alf to return. Uh, thank you for the autograph. Sure. Of uh, Alf TV Guide. <sighs> Remember when sitcoms were just weird? You had Alf and Small Wonder. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no weird ones anymore. I mean, I guess Young Sheldon's kind of weird. It is a little weird, but but yeah, like everything has to be like deep and serious. Like, why can't we just have like a sitcom where a girl talks to a brandy snifter because her dad's an alien? That's uh, out of this world. Another great sitcom right. from the eighties. All right, why don't we have like a sitcom with uh, robots from the future coming down to modern times? To study human culture and they're robots. They're robots, but they're bros. See, this is brilliant. It's like pe- perfect strangers, but with androids. Mm-hmm. That's a foolproof plan. I mean, they got to go on a date with human ladies. Come but they on. also they're have just... a work thing across the street. <laughs> Their boss is coming over for dinner and they don't know how to cook. They're robots. Processing, yeah. processing. Yeah. Oh, man. The jokes write themselves. They're like, it says to add oil. So they add motor oil. Yeah. You know, they're with a girl and it's like, she's like, I think I'm leaking. She's like, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the premature ejaculation joke. We'll right. figure it out. Yeah. Anyways, Algie, you're listening. We're pitching you the uh, sitcom Robots. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us a call at 555-555-5555. That's right. <laughs> Ask for um, Steve. <laughs> Well, that's you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me. Anyways, uh, enough of our gifts. 
you know, you give gifts, you laugh, you have fun. But now let's not ha- laugh or have fun. Let's talk about the jokes that made us laugh. Okay. Eva, what were some of your favorite bits in this episode? Oh, let's see. I like the running gag of things exploding. I know that's like kind of a Simpson staple, but just the way that the trash can and the mailbox in the house. But what really sold it for me was the fire extinguisher that shot flames. I don't know why. It made me laugh. I also like the bit where everyone was laughing at Homer. It's a dumb joke. Yeah. But that's what it was. It was a joke. I feel like we had like two clips back to back that were just more for the joke and not for the plot. And I thought that was fun. Um, I really like the Flowers by Irene and the various other FBI trucks. It was a nice homage to the olden times. The visual gags there are probably my favorite from the episode. But as far as an MVJ, I'm going to give it to Bart. But Bart, all he ever did in this episode was like, a, I don't know, massage Patty or Selma's back. Yeah, he didn't even speak in this role. Uh, <laughs> Nancy took a day off. <laughs> Is there some tension between Al and uh, Nancy we don't know about? Perhaps. I mean, it is interesting that this is probably the third or fourth episode where Bart does not speak at all. Mm. I think this was a fun episode. What do you think, Greg? Going back to like when Bart and Lisa are at uh, Patty and Selma staying there. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, there's just a funny scene with Jub Jub, like Maggie having a little tea party. I thought, oh, yeah. I thought visual as a visual joke was really funny because like Jub Jub is like sitting there with Maggie having a tea party. <laughs> but also like the animators thought like, well, we got to like prop Jub Jub up. So they turn the, the chair around because it was like how humans sit like a, a lizard couldn't sit like us. It's true. <laughs> so Maggie had to adjust <laughs> The chair. And then the fact that Jeb Jeb is like holding the coffee cup or the teacup, but also with that look on his face, just like depressed, like, I hate my life. Yeah. Um, also, where's a, uh, where's the, uh, I forget, is it Patty or someone that has a, uh, what's the name of the, the, one of them has a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where's that kid at? Why isn't, why aren't they having a tea party with Maggie? Maybe she's that's true. sleeping or maybe she's in the crib sleeping somewhere. I don't know. But that is a good point. Um, so I like that visual aspect of the show. I like the visual too of the mobster guys, you know, with, I forget who is that cuts his throat with his fingernails and then mm-hmm. the eyes and like Johnny, T- Johnny Tyler's was great. He had more lines than Bart. <laughs> that's true. Lips aren't so um, tight anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I think my favorite as well as you, the uh, Homer stupid joke. And, the, and, you know, for favorite scenes, I thought the uh, couch gag was uh, very creative and uh, very well done. Uh, Steve, all in all, would you uh, what'd you think of this episode? And uh, give me your, give me a good ranking. All righty. Uh, Craig, this is a very interesting episode because it is, it being written by Algin, it does harken back to the older days of The Simpsons, with, both with the references and the structure of the story itself. I feel like it's good. The plot is a little weird for me for some reason. I don't know why, but... I know that Ned lost his job and then got help from the from the mob, but the A to B to that is a little muddy to me for some reason. I don't know exactly why, but that being said, I think it's a fun episode. Is it the best Fat Tony episode or the best Flanders episode? Probably not, but it is a good time. There's something a little lacking in originality for me. All in all, I think it's an okay episode. It's a watch, I'd say, but like maybe not my top 20 episodes or anything like that, but it's solid. So... I'm going to say that a subscription to Equinox Health that he wanted to quit costs $330 a month. And so out of $330, I'm going to give this a uh, $270. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's a a solid episode, but not of our favorite. It's just cool to see an Algene written episode. You know, it's kind of like, you know, okay, old timer. I'm not saying that he's old, but you know, like. Let's do a sports analogy. Like if you're like Michael Jordan comes to toss some hoops around on the court, you know, 
during the game, which I don't know what happened, but like, oh, he's not as good as he was, but it's just fun to see him out there. Right. So, yeah, I think, think it was a pretty serviceable episode. Uh, again, yeah, not our top, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, if I yeah. gave it a ranking, uh, I talked a lot about Mickey Mantle on this and that that Mickey Mantle uh, baseball card that's worth uh, that was sold for two point six million. So if I were to rank this out of two point six million, I give it uh, nine point six nine million. There you Oof, go. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> at nine point six nine. Yeah, it's a rough position. <laughs> you need three people for that. It's true. And the points don't matter. <laughs> what? Nine point. Never mind. Well, I don't think it's a skip. Steve doesn't think it's a skip, but it's a. You're not missing out if you miss it. Yeah. But do yourself a favor and watch it, especially you, um, listener over there. I'm looking at you right now. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve, should we find out uh, what we're watching next week? Yes, we should. All right. Well, Steve, good news. It's a new episode. So um, it's going to be season 34, episode 14. Steve, what do you think the title is? So we're going into March or close to March. It'll be um, February 26th when this uh, episode airs. Okay. Well, they do kind of take a few episodes or a few years to make an episode. So sometimes they're a little bit behind. And even though it's not a leap year this year, you're kind of in that area. So I'm going to say it's going to be titled. Toitled. Toitled. Lucky Leaping Lenny. <laughs> you're still in my uh, alliteration bit. It's okay, though. I'm going to say you're in a way kind of close. Well, it doesn't have to do with Lenny. It has to do with his best friend, Carl. Oh. This episode is titled Carl Carlson Comes Crazily. <laughs> no. It is Carl Carlson Rides Again. Oh, boy. Uh, Steve, what do you think this episode in general is about? Um, Well, if he rides again, I'm going to say that one of his Icelandic parents had a dude ranch in California, <laughs> and he died. And so it's a parody of... City Slickers too. So he has to go back to California and he rides his horse yet again because as we all know, aside from being Icelandic and a great guy all around, Carl Carlson is also a great horseman and he uh, rides the horse and uh, pants for gold and uh, adventure abounds. Uh, you know, based on this, what I have here on the Simpsons wiki, there's some elements of your thoughts maybe true. Hmm. Um, the synopsis just says this. When Carl is smitten by a beautiful black woman, he looks into the roots of his own identity by discovering the origins of a mysterious rodeo buckle. Oh, wow. So when I say rodeo buckle, kind of relates to your like horse dude ranch type of thing. So huh. it's just weird that the episode look into his roots of his own identity because he's Icelandic, but he was adopted, right? By yeah. Icelandic people, obviously. I'm sure they'll make a reference to that Icelandic. I hope they do. Yeah, I would I would think so. Um, it was written by Lonnie Steele. Uh, sauce hand she also wrote uh the sound of bleeding gums from hmm. season 33 that was the one of uh with his son uh, with his son yeah so she likes to write uh origin stories for characters <laughs> so looking forward to a new episode and uh i guess that's gonna do it for this week oh boy thanks for uh, listening everybody and uh hey if you want to reach out to us there's many ways you can go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And hey, if you're so kind, go to your favorite podcasting app, leave us five stars or the equivalent, and leave us a review. But you don't need to write a real review. Just tell us your secrets to the mob. And 
Check out our uh, TeePublic site, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys. And if you want to just drop a voicemail instead of all that typing, just go to the podcatching app and uh, scroll down and it says leave a voicemail. Or you can just go to anchor.fm slash 138 Simpsons. And there'll also be a link there to do that. We'd love to hear from you. So for this week, I've been annoyed grunt boy Craig. And I've been annoyed grunt boy Steve. And remember, don't say Jesus. Don't say Jesus. Jesus. Pray to Jesus. Whoa, look at me. I'm a doctor. All right, I'm stupid. That's enough.